With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So I went to the doctors the other day and I said, doctor, I keep thinking I'm a supermarket. And he said, how long have you had this problem? I said, ever since I was little. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a really good joke. Just clean. Makes I mean, a change helps. from last one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Starting the new year on the right foot. Exactly. Yeah, we, had like the... we had to end 2020 with something disgusting, didn't we? Just because it was a disgusting year. <laughs> True that. I wasn't sure where you're going to go with this one because we've had a few medical slash doctor yeah. theme jokes on the pods. There's but, been a lot um... of doctor doctor room situations, hasn't there? <laughs> I mean, what does this say about you, Nate? Well, yeah, just that I'm not very original <laughs> in the jokes I pick, probably. Um, or maybe there's not that many jokes outside that format. Maybe that's the only format that really is funny. Um, although your ranking system will prove whether it's funny or not, but I think it was good. So I like it because it was short and it was punchy and it was funny. So I'm going to give it an eight. Good. So a really like strong, that. strong start. Yeah. I'm now thinking though, is little, I know little is a thing in Europe, but anyone listening in America might be like, I don't get it at all. Is, little is the name of a supermarket, just in case anyone needed the joke <laughs> explained to them. Um, and now you can go back and listen to it again and you'll be like, ha ha, what a good joke. <laughs> the best ones always need explaining. Exactly. And that's why I explain all my jokes. It's funny. Should we do a podcast? Mm. Wait, what? <laughs> Welcome to The Paddock, a podcast featuring stories following Formula One around the world. I'm Lawrence Bretto, senior writer at F1.com. And I'm Chris Medland, F1 correspondent at Racer. I'm Nate Saunders, F1 correspondent at ESPN. Great news, chaps. Happy New Year. And from the sounds of it, we've all kept our jobs. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we don't record that in advance, just so we can keep up to date of how our job situation is going. Yeah. One time it's just going to be, and I'm Chris Medland. <laughs> and i'm nate saunders i was gonna say thanks for sure faith but i see you've dragged no, no, yeah, me down yeah, with you yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> or the other way around <laughs> and that's also nice because you think i'm going to keep my job so thanks thanks very much somehow you better you're the host you're you're the glue that keeps this thing together if it is what listeners didn't see was medlin's little dance that went along with the cel- with the, the, the celebration that we've all kept our jobs it was some sort of waving of arms like a Mr. Tickle would do with long arms. Yeah. Or like a jelly armed man. I don't know if that's fair. I don't know. Like the inflatable armed man on Family Guy. You know, the one that's like always got his inflatable arms in the wind. It was like that. I think what you are both trying to say is it was suave and graceful. (laughs) And not only is that the description of my amazing dancing, but we have a description sent in from a listener in the form of a uh, poem reviewing our podcast. It's amazing. Not just a poem. It's a oh, haiku, hello. right? Exactly. It's the the haiku review um, that we got three days ago. And it says, looking forward to next season. And look at that. We're back already because 
well, I mean, what else is there to do in lockdown? Uh, and the haiku review reads like this. Three F1 journos, not talking about F1. They are funny, though. <laughs> I like that. That's, Genuinely that's, that's brilliant. A great review, yeah. Great. Yeah. Maybe we should review everything in haiku form this year. Yeah, actually, that can be another of your tasks. I can't be bothered now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably do it, and then I usually work on something like that and then think it's really funny for a day or really good for a day, and I just scrap the content like a week later. Yeah, so regular ideas are like that. As regular listeners might remember, you did promise to do a load of kind of public yeah. service announcements and you did one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. What were they even? I'll go back and listen. We'll find them out. I'll, maybe 2021. I'll add that to my list of resolutions with all the other stuff I didn't do in 2020. Have you made a lot of, have made a lot of resolutions for this year, Nick? I've made a few. Nothing big. They, the, the problem is, is making them too unachievable, isn't it? Uh-huh. Often everyone's like, my, my, my New Year's resolution is going to be this. And I don't really agree with the, the concept, but I like to set every month. I like will write down a, a note in my iPhone and say, try and do this this month. So I've just done that. Um, cool. I'm listening to one album a day, one new album a day I've not listened to. And that's quite fun. So I've got, whole, I've got the whole month of January listed out. Today was uh, Parallel Lines by Blondie. Very good. Would recommend. Oh. Uh, so yeah, it's fun. So have you, have you stuck to that every day in January so far? Yeah, so far. A nice little mix. There's, there was some Blondie. There was some Towns Van Zandt, who I'd not heard of. But he was very good from the 60s. Um, yeah, a band called Calandra, who I would recommend everybody go and listen to, who are fantastic. Um, yeah, it's, it's fun. And it's, it's a nice way of like hearing music you might not have heard before in styles that you might like or you might not like. Welcome to the Pad Rock podcast. <laughs> We've uh, changed tack this, this year. That um, wasn't was planned, like... people, just, just so you know. I saw the moment Meadows thought of that was about 20 <laughs> seconds before he said it, because you could see he was like frozen in this, like, I'm going to say this, and it's going to be great. So I was, I'm glad that that came out the way, <laughs> the way I thought it would. Um, but what I was going to say is, because you're not doing social media at the moment, are you, Nate? You're having a hiatus? Yeah, I've, I've, um, I've got rid of Instagram, because we're in the off season, you know, so we don't really need Twitter. And I've got rid of Instagram and Facebook. Although I realized today I need Facebook because it's the only way I know when people people's birthdays are. So I, <laughs> I, re- I reinstalled that because I missed somebody's birthday. Get um, yourself a calendar, Nate. Come on. Uh, a calendar's just too much work, isn't it? Facebook's got it all there. Um, so yeah, so I've got that back and I need to find a way of not going onto it. But Facebook, no one really uses anyway, do they? But um, but yeah, so I'm doing that. That's, that's kind of a resolution, I suppose, is just use that less. What about you guys? Any big, big goals for the year? Well, I was just about to point out, actually, um, two things. One, birthdays you need to remember. Uh, Lewis Hamilton's tomorrow, as we record. Um, oh, yeah. He's going to be 36. Uh, but I don't know why it just came to me that his is early Jan. I remember mm. some of these. Um, but yeah, the fact that you're off social media, but I think your album a day thing would make for a really cool kind of thread to follow if you did like a, a Twitter account that was an album a day and said you could rate true, it, it or whatever. Um, I'm just giving you free content ideas here. And when people then see it pop up and it goes huge, I then can point back to this and be like, you owe me the royalties, at least some of them, at least a bit. Yeah, that's, that's actually a nice idea. I might do that and just start retrospectively because it is. And, and then as well, your review is limited, similar to that haiku in a way, like you're limited to, you know, Characters. reviewing it in a, in, a, in a snappy way. And I'm not really a music snob or like a music like somebody who listens to a lot so i don't think i think a lot of it i'm just like yeah that was quite nice <laughs> a lot of it would just be yeah good album enjoyed it next yeah. one good album enjoyed that <laughs> next one decent yeah thought it was all right <laughs> one after that yeah cool <laughs> people are like wow this guy's great like just scrolling through years of of albums you should I'm give sure it like a, a rate that says horrible 
and then you just know not to. Not, That's not true. To yeah, to it, like this so. album sucked. I was like, whoa, <laughs> that must be bad. That's the one people then listen to because yeah, exactly. It like, I don't want to any of these that he likes, but the one he doesn't like. Um, yeah, so yeah, but that's fun. I, I like the idea though, Meadows. I might have to Nate nab that from you. Have at it. I've offered it up on a platter. I knew this podcast would come in useful for us. Pad rock. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. <laughs> Yay. Uh, Beretta, your resolutions? Um, I just want to end this year fitter than I've started this year, I think. I don't really know how I'm going to measure that, uh, whether that's in time uh, when in running or uh, just if I ever get to play other things like squash again, then uh, just uh, measuring my ability. But I think I just want to be fitter. I think I feel like I've lost my fitness over the course of last year. So, um, yes. And I think, I think I'm going to stop eating red meat um, for periods of time each month. So maybe like half the month I won't do red meat or something like that. So just to see if that improves my overall health, which for those who know, I love beef burgers that is, of course, problematic. But then I made a beetroot burger the other day and it was delicious. Absolutely delicious. I just needed to squeeze the vegetables a bit more to get the juices out in the preparation stage so that the patty holds together a little bit, is more firmer. This is good burger knowledge. Here. Pad slop. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way he's, uh, he's traded red meat for red veg. <laughs> Unintentional. Um, and uh, it was great. So I think I'm going to try, well, what else have we got doing lockdown? So I might just try out different recipes. Um, so those are my two kind of, they're not resolutions. Those are things I'd quite like to do. Oh, what about good. you, Meadows? Uh, I'm going to set up a new uh, lockdown podcast and call it The Padlock. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just because we've all come up with our own new podcast titles and I wanted to throw one in there. <laughs> I'm going to do one about all my Christmas presents called The Pad Sock as well. Uh, <laughs> oh, my. Right, I need to stop thinking. We um, didn't come up with these before. And no, I'm, no. Now thinking, I'm just thinking of every letter. Uh, I'm going to do one that's on like a on a social media app and call it The Pad Talk. Um, <laughs> anyway. Come on, Lazar, you need to come up with something. No, I know. I'm not so good at thinking of my feet. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, while you think, I can just tell you that I don't really have any resolutions. Um, try, trying to set, like, I think, like Nate says, like achievable goals. Um, because right now, in a very first world problem, now we're back in lockdown in the UK, the only little things I've had to look forward to is stuff you order online uh, and waiting for them to be delivered and being like, oh, yeah, that little kind of excitement when something new shows up and you're going to install it or whatever. And I've just had a series of failures on that front where stuff keeps getting delayed, obviously, because of lockdown or it's not quite the right thing or they've sent something that's wrong. Um, so, yeah, that's and I keep being like, oh, that's a disappointment. So I need to Aww. set little things that I actually have control of that are um, like achievable, like Nate said. But other than that, like, just trying to enjoy stuff, really. I mean. We've got, you talked about being fitter. We've got a 10K we're all doing at the end of the month. Um, the London Winter Run for Cancer Research. So if anyone wants to donate again, because, you know, you gave us all your money last year. Um, but yeah, yeah, we're doing that. Now though, so. Exactly, yeah. Reset. So, it, yeah, 2020 doesn't count now. So, yeah. Um, and if we're anything, ungrateful. If anything, you've all given us zero this year. So we need, <laughs> we need more money. Um yeah. So yeah, not so sure. I might, um, at this rate though, I might join you both in shaving my head because I didn't get a haircut and we're now in lockdown until, what was it, at least February, maybe March, probably March. And my hair's getting a bit long, so might be the way to go. I'm wor- I am worried for you, Meadows, that you've yeah. got at least, what, six weeks, maybe two months until you're going to be able to get to a hairdresser. 
so on that topic because it, i know we don't talk f1 that often on this we talk about the world around it but when do we think f1 season is going to start because i think that that is something people are going to want to know listening and right now it's quite difficult to work that out and we i mean we might not leave our houses except for exercise and for food until march like you say but um yeah I'm still going i remember march. this time last year yeah this time last year we obviously didn't know until like the thursday of melbourne but mm. I don't know. It feels like we've got we're more prepped for it this year. So I'm going to say Bahrain still goes ahead. Yeah, I think I think you're right on that one. Yeah, I would agree as well. <clears throat> oh, good. I think it's handy that I've, I think that Bahrain. Yeah. Um, that's my train. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the train also agrees. Perfect <laughs> timing. Um, I think Bahrain is handy because they've done it, as in they've they've held a race in these strange times. Um, so they should be able to do it. There's no reason why they shouldn't be able to do it again. And at least that gets us off and running. Um, and I think, I think we'll get a, seasons of, a season of sorts. I think it might. We just don't know how and whether it's going to be in the order in which it currently is set. But um, I think we're going to get another season. We'll find a way through. Yeah. Do you think... So we've got what? TBC race is number four. China's number three. Bahrain, I'm with you, I think will be the first race. Do we, do we reckon then we'll have China and TBC race in that order? Or do you reckon... I reckon it's Bahrain and then all bets are off for a little while again. And it will just be wherever can host for a few... For the first kind of four or five rounds. Yeah, if they're already in Bahrain and we saw two races there last year, it's kind of makes sense for them to stay there, you would think. Um, maybe we just do a season in Bahrain, just different <laughs> variations of that circuit. Um but that's the thing you yeah i don't know but i think you're right like it's going to be like one race up in march and then we might end up back in june like hey race two yeah. and then it will be no race nothing other than racing for six months it'll be really sad though if that is the case because that's like another half a year of us being in the conditions we've kind of just entered again you know and what we mean by that is we've obviously just gone into like a full lockdown here in the uk so it is quite sad to think that isn't it yeah, I think well, it strictly... does mean does mean we can pretend to care about esports again for three months. That was quite fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun last time. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to anyone listening who likes it. I do like it. I just, <laughs> I'm not very good at it, so I naturally just like to disparage. Um, I think what's tricky though is sort of the fact that it's not just how it looks for the UK because I think there's a lot of people sort of elsewhere in the world that maybe uh, don't have the situation so bad and they're like why is f1 under threat but when most of the sport is based in the uk mm -hmm. like, it's gonna be so hard for like teams to effectively do all their work and car builds and stuff right now but then assuming all that happens and is on time you've then got to go to countries that need to be in a good enough state to host a race because like different places all over the world are in different stages aren't they and like it's like australia obviously they don't have anywhere near the level that we've got in the uk but the way that they are protecting themselves from that means they've kind of got to wait till the rest of the world is sorted before they then open their borders again um, or make it easier to go. So, um, yeah, I kind of it, that that side of it, like the logistics of it are going to be an absolute mess, I think, at least this year, maybe even into next year. But, uh, yeah, Lawrence being the uh, employee is correct, though, because he's uh, mm. like, there's definitely going to we'll get a season in because last year showed we can and. If anything, I guess it's probably going to be smoother because they've got all that experience of how it worked last year and how they could put deals together, how they could make money out of it, how like we could get testing schedules in place and all of that luck. So um, what would be nice, though, would be to see your faces in person at a race. I know. That would be cool, <clears throat> wouldn't it? That would be good. I mean, this, yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of resigned to not doing a race this year. I'd love to. 
but I don't know what travel is going to be like, you know, hopefully by the end of the year, you know, I love going to Austin. So I'm like, if I can't go to Austin this year, I'll be, I'll be gutted. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's crazy that it's been that long. For me, it was Barcelona testing last year, last time I was in the paddock, which seems like a long time ago. Well, I mean, it was, but it seems like a really Yeah, it long was time. a long time ago, yeah. That was the last time it was normal, really, because I know we had Thursday in Melbourne, but even by then, like, people were being held back. You had a driver mm-hmm. on their own, and then a two-meter gap and a fence, and then a yeah. scrum of media trying to listen. It was ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, that was... Um, that was a mess anyway. So yeah, you got the last normal kind of weekend of anything or, you know, spell of anything at a racetrack. Um, I'd quite like to just do this podcast in person as well. Like yeah, that would be good. We could do it at your house by the train track. So when that train comes <laughs> past, we actually get it flying past us. <laughs> we, we do, do it, it in the garden. Yeah. Yeah. If we yeah, do it in the garden. garden, listeners will hear nothing other than that horn and have to take <laughs> some time <laughs> to readjust their hearing because it's quite loud. We'll just be I think that eating would... beetroot burgers. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, we could do that. Sounds what an like episode. Listeners are thrilled. They're so excited to hear this. <laughs> well, no, there'll be chat, though. There'll be chat. Oh. We, won't just, we won't just sit eating be- beetroot burgers into the microphone. <laughs> well, I mean, speak for yourself. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that. Uh, I mean, okay. I was going to say pad chomp, but that's that's I've lost it, haven't I? I've ruined it. Pat's not even the same. No. Yeah. Sorry. Think about what That's... you've done. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Took a good thing and ruined it. Um, so, though, to be fair, like things are going to be different this year anyway because we're going to have to start using new terms for people. Um, now, who's going to write in their copy that Sir Lewis Hamilton took pole position, and who's no. who's going to drop the Sir? What if he insists? I'll insist that I'm not doing it because <laughs> it's we're writing for an American publication. Um, and anyway, you know, no one, no one formalizes Sergio Perez, do they? They just put it as Sergio. <laughs> oh, come on, mate. <laughs> I, no. I preferred that one. Yeah. I saw, uh, I think Phil Horton yeah. put up um, Sergey Sirotkin and Sir Otkin. And I was like, no, Sergio Perez is way better. Yeah. Sergio. Um, I mean, like, yeah, the knighthood thing. I don't know because, uh, like, do you guys in copy genuinely? Do you write Sir Jackie Stewart? That's or, what I was just thinking. Do and I? Did people I do Sir Sterling Moss? I, I don't think we did on ESPN because it gets taken out if if we do. Like, obviously, because it's a formal thing in the UK. But um, you've got me I don't checking. Think he... But I think I do, actually. See, I don't yeah. think I. I don't think I do. I don't think I do. I'm just doing some now, Google now we'll check it up with this. Yeah. This is no, tremendous podcasting. This is we're all giggling whether we do because it. Or not. I find it weird talking about somebody like that. You know, like I remember when Chris Hoy. So this is a very UK centric conversation. But Chris Hoy, the Olympian, when he became Sir, I remember writing. I used to work at a news agency right after the Olympics, and he got knighted. And you'd write Sir Chris Hoy, and it was just you know. And then you, and then it changes how you write later in the article. If it was a certain publication, they were like, we wanted to be Sir. You end up like referring to him as really like like he is like a literal knight from back in the day, and I was like, I love Chris Hoy, but you know, dude's a cyclist. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> he's not a knight. You know, he's not like an old school knight. Um, yeah, yeah. To, I mean, it's the same with Andy Murray, wasn't it? When he got it, um, and yeah. I think the main thing is like, I mean, Lewis is never going to be like, yes, you must all call me Sir Lewis from now on. Um, well, he might so, be. We don't know. Like this, this might be what the new contract's about. Maybe they have to announce him as Sir Lewis. Part of me would love to see him do that. Like genuinely, think it'd be great. Um, 
Anyway, we're boring Barretto. He's looking out his window while we're talking here. Is that uh, have you got a delivery or something? Or? It's only because I don't know if I've got a delivery because uh. I've ordered um, this um, print that is a, it's a plane window. Um, look at well, looking out obviously of a plane window, and I thought it'd be quite cool to put it on my desk so that when I'm working, I can just look out a plane window, so to speak. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you put it in the bathroom so when you're you know in the bathroom you can look so like, that I'm is a, i'm in a plane that was my second option is to put it in there because they also do it in like a canvas style but i thought i don't yeah. know if that would sit well in the bathroom but i'm gonna see how this one goes but you're that's a great idea thanks man i like how your your idea was this nice like, i'm gonna put it up in my office and i'm like put it in the toilet <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it says a lot about the two of us so <laughs> not at all not at all i think uh I'm, I'll put that on my ideas list, Nate. Ooh, well, I look with, your, to with your name in brackets. <laughs> yeah, just in courtesy of CC, Nate Saunders. Toilet picture. Hat tip. Saunders. Yeah. I think yeah. there's definitely a place for bathroom art, though. I, I, yeah, think, I, think, that's so. a, I think that's a thing. I think it's a great underlooked industry. Maybe this is where 2021, <laughs> we make some extra cash on the side. Bathroom art. Paddock bathroom art. <laughs> <laughs> It is about time that this podcast started making us money, isn't it, really? Yeah. Do you know we've done 20... This is our 23rd episode. Oh, wow. wow. Well, happy 23rd. Yeah. If that's Congrats. the thing. It is now. Um, yeah. Anyway, just... Sorry, just segueing because I saw Barretto look bored with our, our Lewis Hamilton nighthead chat. But I did find out, yeah, I do. I write like Sir Jackie Stewart because the story I found when I checked it was uh, Sir Jackie saying that Hamilton's not even on F1's best ever list. So um, that went well. Wow. But, That's um, a claim. I know. Uh, but he had, That's he had... the sort of claim that you, that you should have to revoke your knighthood for as well, isn't it? <laughs> to be honest. Like, I, you know, I respect Jackie Stewart a lot, but a lot of what he says now is, is like, dude, come on. Like, and it's the same with a lot of older drivers. Like, That's one of the reasons why it's nice sometimes when like, we don't know what Senna would have been like now. You know, talking about all these great drivers, but he might have just ended up sounding like Villeneuve, just like saying outrageously dumb stuff, and everyone's just like, oh, "Villeneuve's chatting again," you know. Which I kind of think is always a shame when you say that about like a, you know, I'm not saying Villeneuve's up there with those guys, but you know, you a end up just champion. like dismissing him. Yeah, he's yeah. a world champion still, and you're just like, whatever. Like he just said this. What a, what a lunatic. Yeah. So um, that is a shame. It'd be interesting to know. Like of our listeners, I reckon you'd win this, but whether people respect your opinion more, Nate, or or Villeneuve's. <laughs> Because I genuinely think there's there's a hundred percent going to be some like journalists who are not pundits in the sense of ex drivers that I reckon fans would say they respect their opinion more than um, some of the ex driver ones because of they're just being outrageous just for the hell of it. Yes, yeah. it's, it's mm-hmm. like there is their experience gives them a, a lot of weight to their opinion, but they need to use it kind of properly. Like you don't you don't automatically become a good pundit because you've driven an F1 car. Um, so yeah, some of them don't get taken all that seriously because they just say crazy stuff. But there's clearly a pressure, isn't there, for them to say something good enough or strong enough or interesting enough that people list, uh, ask them to be pundits on various shows or to you know to be interviewed by us and to appear in, in print articles as well. I think that Jacques is a really good example of that. I think to to start with, he was quite outspoken, but he was he backed it up. I thought mm-hmm. anyway, at least in my but then as it went on, as I kind of followed him, he just kind of was just saying quite outlandish things and not really being able to support it. I think that's always the problem, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. I do remember originally it was like, oh, wow, like this is this punchy from Villeneuve. Um, that's a very good point. Who's everyone's like favourite driver turned pundit, if you had to pick one? Well, so I, I really liked 
Rosberg, I know he's not everyone's cup of tea, but he was as a pundit, he's been really good. Um, you know, I know he's a great meme as well, but he actually <laughs> to go on what Lawrence said, a lot of what he says, he backs up completely um, in a really good way. And you can tell as well, like like his background of like that engineering background, you can actually tell is legit when he talks because he actually kind of knows what he's talking about. Mm. Um, so I've been impressed with him. He's been good. I mean, naturally, Martin Brundle was excellent, like making that change, especially in like the 90s when he just went first into like commentary stuff and was just really good at explaining things and still is very good, I think, um, which is really impressive for someone to have like, who's an ex-driver to have been that good for that long. Um, but I'm also really like uh, Ant Davidson. I think he's really good. Um, the ones I don't hit, like I got to see a bit more of the, the Sky coverage last year just by being home for a few races, but I haven't really seen much of the Channel 4 stuff. And I want to know like how DC and Weber get on um, because Weber, I think, is probably pretty straight down the line with the way he uh, reports on stuff and, and the opinions he gives, but I haven't actually seen it to know for sure. So. Um, he speaks a lot in Australian media, doesn't he? And when I read quotes from him, when he's commenting on various things, um, <clears throat> I'm quite impressed by what he's got to say. But same as you, and, and it's kind of same across all coverages, because we're at the races, we don't get to to see a lot of the TV coverage. I tend to just see quotes written down when they've even been used um, in articles like that. But I was going to say, for me, Karun is probably one of my favourites, just because of the way that he can explain things or he tends to look at things that I would never look at I guess and try and use that as a reason to explain why this has happened and he can explain it quite succinctly um so yes that I would probably say um say Corinne Julian Palmer as well really mm. good yeah Palmer's good. Um, I, I was really impressed with the way he did uh, sort of made the change as well because I did um a few races in 2018 I guess it would have been for five live um like pit lane reporting and you can obviously hear everything that's going on and he gets full feedback, like talk back into his ear as well while he's, he's not just sat there asked a question and answers it. And that's it. He's like fully involved in the whole broadcast side of it and, and can multitask really well. I was really impressed with that. So um, yeah, he, he's very good. I think as well, there's, there's a lot of good ones to be fair. I mean, I'm, I imagine everyone listening to us has probably got their own like differing opinions on it, but that mm. have favorites. So well, this is going to be my follow-up to that as well. Cause I was thinking this the other day, who of the current grid do you think would make, the best pundit when they retire because we obviously talk to these guys a lot sebastian and i think yeah so vettel is a very obvious one i don't know whether he would do it though i wonder no, if he i wonder I if he would i feel shame. like once he's done with f1 i think he'll just go which is a shame but also like with him i like the fact that if he kind of you know a four-time world champion kind of disappears and if he does say something it's quite rare and quite <laughs> we only get it occasionally so that that would be a benefit of that um yeah i feel like I feel like Magnussen would have been a good one. Like if you get him outspoken on a few things. Um, hopefully he's yeah. not a pundit for a while, but you know, he's got a long, <laughs> got a long way until yeah. he does that. But somebody like that, who maybe we never saw their real personality in F1. There's quite a few guys like that. Um, Magnussen being one. I think we'll see Roman take to, to punditry, probably. Yeah. Canal Plus. I would have thought reasonably quickly. Yeah, I would um, agree with you. And I think to a certain extent, he will be quite good in the way that he explains things or points things out. Uh, but he doesn't have that heavyweight. Um, he doesn't have that heavyweight nature to him that a world champion would have. So I think that that would probably be the weakest point of his, of his mm. punditry. I'd love to see Lewis do, you know, in five or 10 years, I don't think Lewis is going to go anywhere near punditry as a job, but can you imagine him just doing a, you know, one rate you know, he's retired for a few years or whatever. And he just, 
you just get Lewis chatting on everything. It's got nothing to do with him. He's got no skin in the game. I think that'd be fascinating to see what he's actually, to show his actual racing knowledge, which a lot of people kind of often overlook he has. That'd be quite mm. interesting. Yeah, well, um, it's same, same with like having Max do it when he has no skin in the game as well, because he's already pretty like brash mm. as it is. And I think if he's like not worried about annoying someone or whatever, I think he'd be pretty strong with his opinions. Because um, like Jensen Button was someone who said he'd never do like that sort of side of things and never do the media sort of work. Um, even though he was always very good with the media, but he was very much like, you know, I'll, when I'm done, I'll, I'll go. And then he does Sky stuff um, and does it fairly well from the bits I've seen. But um, again, I don't get to see all that much. Um, who else? Alonso would be quite interesting, I reckon. I don't know why. I feel like he'd be almost a bit like Verstappen. I think everything he'd say would almost be caveated with like, like yeah th- what they've done here is good but anyone can do that sort of thing or, or i could have done it better exactly, <laughs> I, exactly. I, I would have done that with three wheels on my car instead of four you know yeah. like, like he didn't back you that time yeah um and I, I do i feel like and partly you know to be fair i mean the guy's a double world champion and one of the best drivers we've seen so i imagine like he can he can back that up but i think he's he's um not afraid of just saying that either he's got that kind of strength of um conviction in his opinion so that he'd be pretty funny i think to uh, have do it I think who else? I mean, that in itself would be entertaining, though, wouldn't it? I think. If, yeah, I definitely. think I think to have um, his opinion and him properly going for it. The NBA did a great thing years ago where they put Shaq and Kobe like face to face on chairs, and they were just kind of talking about their careers together. It's not quite punditry, but I would love to see like Alonso do that with Lewis or Alonso do that with Vettel, like in because I imagine in that setting they might be quite honest with each other and kind of especially you know because Alonso's got that weird thing for Vettel, hasn't he? Where he's always like. Anything he says about Vettel is like, but you know, Vettel isn't actually that good. <laughs> like he, he always just digs it in. So I, I think that would be the fascinating thing with Alonso, get him in that setting where he kind of has to be honest about what he actually thinks. I'd love we that. We never really know, do we? Because I actually think, I personally, and you're going to both disagree with me, I think Sebastian is better than Fernando. Ooh, so, oh, uh, yeah, the, the, with the caveat the of, I'm guessing right now, maybe not but the form he's in you're saying like peak Vettel versus peak Alonso yeah exactly yeah and I think when you would look back on in history and you had to if you had to rank them like we always try to do often and mm. I know then it's never very fair I would always put Sebastian above Fernando and it I, and I also think it's not just about how fast you are it's about the package I was just about to say that so if I was building a team I would want Vettel over Alonso like even though I knew the upside of Alonso you know the downside of him as well mm-hmm. um so I actually think it's a good shout. I'm not sure if I'd put him above on pure talent, but like you say, it's a whole, there's a whole raft of things you can consider. That's a really good shout. And Man, I think that's why your idea would have been great to put them, or will mm. be great. Maybe that will happen. Maybe we can do it this year, Nate. Because if Maybe. you can put them ahead in front of each other, I don't think Sebastian would be afraid to say anything anymore. Whereas I think yeah. if you'd asked him one or two or three years ago, I think he might have couched it. Um, whereas now I think he'd be, but he'd be much more open. And the fact that they've both had kind of like dare I say it failed spells at Ferrari where they didn't win a title and leave kind of frustrated about that side of things would be really interesting because that's kind of like a thing in common that would connect them but then also probably might even wind them wind each other up about the other that they you know did well did well or won races but didn't win the title and um yeah I think that'd be fascinating actually now that they're both out as well um but and, and they're driving for teams that haven't been around for ages or at all in Alpine's case. Yeah. Alpine versus Aston Martin head to head. Who'd have thought they're, it? They're both taking a, taking a risk on brand new teams. Gotta love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that would be cool to see, actually. Um, there's that probably a topic for another podcast, but when you said about how you'd rank people, I reckon mm-hmm. at some point we should pick our, the lineup you'd have out of all of the active drivers. Oh, yes. Like, in I like that. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. Well, and we can get a lot of people to send in theirs as well, because I think that that is one of the fascinating kind of questions. It isn't so much the greatest of all time, because I think that that in F1 is really difficult. Mm-hmm. But like you say, Meadows, like getting an actual, like who would you put in your team and why? Yeah. Much more entertaining because you can actually back it up with a lot yeah. more than than the greatest of all time debate type thing. I I did um one sort of like Twitter thing at some point um last summer I think again sort of in like lockdown times where I asked for the the rookie lineup people would pick so two drivers who'd not started in their form race before if they had to um and I can't actually remember the lineup I went for I'm pretty sure like. Rosenfist was one of them. I can't remember who else I picked. It might have been Nick Cassidy. Um, but yeah, anyway, that was another one. Like these sorts of things are cool to do because it puts you in the, the role of God for a little bit. And seeing as there's not a lot else to do at the moment other than normal work, like why not? I also like that idea. I did download Motorsport Manager over Christmas just for that same reason. I was like, cool, <laughs> I'm going to pretend I'm a racing boss. Um it was quite fun. But the drivers... Did you win, Nate? Did you win? Uh, I won the first series you're in, so I'm now in the second series. Um, engine spec series, though, and I spent all this money on a new engine facility, and then I get promoted. And it's like, oh, great. I should have read the rules of the League of <laughs> series above. So I kind of screwed myself, but oh, well. We live and learn. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, do not hire Nate Saunders to run your Formula 1 team. But, well, um... not in an engine spec series, but you know, if you want to get there, I'm your man. <laughs> or employ someone next to him to read the rules. Yeah, and tell I do need someone to, to read the rules and tell me what I'm actually entering. Um, but yeah, good game though. I'd recommend people getting it just as a completely free plug for them. Enjoyed it. Check and, it, it out, and, yeah. and should you wish to have another plug, then let us know and we'll plug away. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do one for, for money next time. For money. <laughs> we, we always say that, aren't we? 23 episodes in, and we're always saying we'll do it for money next time. Yeah. Oh, really? I thought you were saying you was going to plug money. I was like, money, money's great. Big fan <laughs> of money. You can use it in many ways. Money can yeah. make you happy if you buy something you like. It can make you unhappy if you buy something you don't. That's money <laughs> coming to you. Next week, our favourite ABBA song. Money, money, money. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, let's end on a high point, guys. <laughs> let's definitely end on a high point. Nate was as funny at the end as he was at the beginning. Oh, thanks, man. Oh, bookended it. Lovely work. Thanks very much for your time, guys. Thanks, everyone, to listen. Please um, remember to subscribe to our channels and follow us on social media. We'll do this again sometime. I've been Lawrence Bretto. I write on F1.com. He's been Nate Saunders. He writes on ESPN.com. And he's been Chris Medlin, and he writes on Racer.com. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Network.